bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about reality TV. Well, happy 4th of July, everyone. Happy 4th of July. I hope none of our 14 listeners celebrate it. <laughs> we are That's on a right. cruise in Spain, thank God, because I really don't think that you could survive a night now now <laughs> with people celebrating America's independence while women lose their independence. The fact that there's not a mass slaughter of, um, you know, there's no, I, I don't want to just say men. So I want to say like, pro, I just have to say pro-life people. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it. Or, or pro-life, not just pro-life, pro-life, actively pro-life. There's, there's got to be a new word because we have friends that can be pro-life in their own lives, but that don't need to legislate other people. You know what I mean? Like I would pro choose pro-life legislators or yeah, pro, okay, good pro-life legislators. I the fact that there's not a mass slaughter of pro-life legislators, there's no reason for me to celebrate July Fourth because there is no independence. Women aren't in fucking independent. We're not completely dependent. I'm so angry. I can't stand it. I'm I'm uh, 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 the only fireworks that are gonna that for me. I'm going to come out my pussy, and I'm going to shove a tampon up there. I'm going to light it on fire. I'm going to blow it out, and I want it to just rain down like like everyone I wish was aborted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how sometimes, like with fireworks, it'll be like faces, and they make it really, like, yeah. detailed. Mm -hmm. It's going to be Mitch McConnell in fireworks, Trump in fireworks, Stephen Miller in fireworks, Amy Corney in fireworks, Br Bruce Kavanaugh in fireworks, <laughs> Clarence Thomas in fireworks, John Roberts in fireworks. All of them. I want them all. I want them all to die. Yeah, we're feel so, I mean, we've been feeling violent, very violent. Yeah. I think we've been feeling violent since we lost our job. Yeah, but now? Yeah. You are correct. I should not be in America. I cannot be just like I'm too dikey to be in a nice boutique. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm too angry to be in America this week. So we're very lucky. Um, well, it's been t I think it's been 2 weeks now. Two weeks. I, we were ac actually lucky <laughs> that we we weren't on the job that we didn't get. We are lucky. Because, oof, we, we would have been fired, honey. We would have 100% been, been fired. been fired. Because I wouldn't have been stopped talking about it. No. I mm -hmm. wouldn't have literally shut my fucking mouth about it yeah. had we gotten that job. Well, there's no way we could have. Yeah. You know what, at this point, I'm glad I'm glad we thank, didn't get the job. Thank God. Thank God we didn't get the job. It was. It is a blessing. One door opens and another, and an no, abortion's no, taken I away. Think, I don't think another, yeah, one door closes and another <laughs> oh, yeah, door's that's closed. It. That's it. When multiple doors close, we shouldn't be on this job. I can tell you that because I would have gotten us arrested. Um, <laughs> we only aired one episode of our Patreon Idol series. True, um, So true. if you're interested in being a part of that, there's still time to join our Patreon <laughs> podcast. And honestly, the first Patreon Idol episode mm. was nothing short of incredible. I mean, I don't want to be too like bugger about it, yeah. but um, it exceeded our expectations in every way. Mm -hmm. It was so good that we decided to spread them out and let each episode live and linger for a while. Oh, sweet, sweet Josh. Um, I mean, we knew it was going to be great. We did. We knew it was going to be good. We knew yeah. it was going to be good. Yeah. But it really did exceed our expectations in every single way. And in fact, if I could do, if I could make the Patreon idols the So There's That's for right now, that's what they would be. Cause oh, that's nice. That's what's keeping me from killing myself and other people now i am kind of bummed we're out of town and we won't be able to do our next patreon idol episode until after we get back so it's going to be a little bit yeah but it's and you going to be well keep, worth it keep talking about it keep doing it i want to keep, keep talking about it. it yep um but it is for the best because now we've decided to make 
Patreon Idol an ongoing series. Yes. It's just going to be ongoing, you That's know, right. like it is on TV, and we're yep. going to air them once a month. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and then depending when the when the submissions dwindle, mm-hmm. we will then do... We will then do a Hollywood week where we reach out and invite people to to resubmit, to do more to do another submission. Right, and we will do, we will we'll do Hollywood week. So we'll see how that goes. But for now, it's gonna it's just our series, and it's gonna be ongoing. <laughs> um, and it and it so was uh, a bummer to go from the high of Patreon Idol yes. to our drunken Parisian travelogues. <laughs> I'm sure that that our, our Patreon subscribers were like, yeah, it sure was. <laughs> Patreon Idol was like so good, and then so good. suddenly we're just fucking like you know, drunk in Paris, um, because we were in Paris for five days celebrating your birthday, Mm -hmm. um, before getting on this cruise we're on now. Yes. So we did do two Patreon podcasts from Paris and they were both a hot fucking French mess. (laughs) Well, as the French say, they were, you know, they were passion, they were romance, they were drinking. I mean, yeah, we did. I like enjoyed them. I thought I thought they were good. But well, we had a good time. That doesn't mean they were great to listen to. No, that's true. But we did have fun. Now, what, we did one completely hungover slash still drunk and jet lagged from our hotel room, and we did one completely drunk from a park bench in the Marais, where a young couple literally stopped right in front of us and did an extended romantic kiss. It was so fucking unbelievable. That we have to play you guys the clip from the exact moment it happened. Uh, so here we are, drunk on a park bench, in Paris, recording our Patreon podcast, when a couple stops maybe three feet in front of us and proceeds to reenact the kiss from Pearl Harbor like they're Kate Beckinsale and Ben Affleck. And please, excuse my <laughs> rambling drunkenness, everyone. Please. <laughs> I was gonna wear that and I thought it was too garish, but it looks good on her. I thought it was too oh. Gary. Well, you know, oh, well, then oh, making oh. out is very oh, Gary. Okay. They're making out. Yep. Actually, they're doing a wedding type of kiss. They're not even doing tongue. Oh, it's just holding mouth it's to holding. mouth. It's holding the mouth. Then it, maybe it isn't Gary. They're still doing it. 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 They're still doing it. I need everyone to know they're still doing it. Still doing it. Still doing it. Still doing it. So I have that polka dotted thing that I wore on Modern Robbins Live. It's wow. a tank top pants. And still doing it, still doing it. And I was going to wear a jean jacket. These people are laughing too. These people next to us. Still doing it, still doing it. I should get a picture. It's almost like they Where's fell asleep. Camera? It's almost like they fell asleep standing there. It's almost like taking a picture for the, the, so the Patreon. Oh, if my phone's dead, I'm going to die. The Patreon needs to see this. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep going. I got the picture, guys. Okay, guys, I got the picture. Still going. Don't cast them. No, no, no. It's, it's romance. Romantic. <laughs> romantique. We love it. Love is in the air. Amore. What's another word for love? Bella. We've all watched you. They just stopped because I yelled. Oh. <laughs> we love you. Beauty. Do the proposal. Get married. Yes. They stopped in the middle of the thing and did a gay puri 10-minute kiss. I've never seen anything like that. That an entire family couldn't pass. Okay, I mean, okay. (laughs) So clearly I was beyond fucking drunk. Um, There's Romance! Yeah. Romance. It's romance. It's romance. And it was romance. There's absolutely no one that's going to subscribe to the Patreon from that clip. But regardless, (laughs) we had to play it because that... No matter how drunk we were, that kiss was truly one of the most yep. remarkable things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like, remarkable. And if you want to see the picture I took, you can go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics, and it is posted there and open to the public. So that means you'll still be able to see it even if you're not subscribed to our Patreon podcast. But if you like to hear terrible audio recordings from two people on a park bench or random hotel rooms or cruise ship bars, consider subscribing to our Patreon podcast. We do two a week. They're both a dollar. You can sign up for one podcast a week for one dollar or two a week for two dollars. They're both an hour long, and they are never about politics. And there's no ads. I mean, and right now, we we don't even want to be doing this podcast. We, we don't want to talk about politics. Exactly. So... I mean, they are filled with rage, which could be considered political on your part. That is true. I can't stop. I am in a, in a, in a rage, and it doesn't. it's just getting worse and worse and worse. So that, that does bleed out into the Patreon. 
And I'm sorry yeah. that our same 14 listeners have to hear this sales pitch every fucking week, but we spend all of our money in Paris and all of our future money. We <laughs> spend all true. of our children's money, that all is, of our parents' that, money. That's true. Any money that could ever get around us, we have spent. <laughs> so oh, we are dancing bad. for dollars in the city of Squala, oh, and we can't stop. Um, mm, and as was... proof that we only have 14 listeners, Meow Meow, uh, we got three postcards oh, good. before we left town oh, good. for our drug den bulletin oh, board. I'm glad. And they are all three updates from people we already have on the drug den bulletin board. <laughs> good. So, you know, but hey, at least our 14 listeners are still listening. Because I know oh, thank God. I would have jumped ship by now. <laughs> thank God. Well, and I, I'm about to jump off this ship. Yeah. So um, they're definitely making more of an effort than we are, uh, and we love the updates. So I have to say, I'm glad that we got three updates. We got a new picture of our daughter, Goldie Goldman, who, much to our dismay, is clearly not going to be gay. Not going to be gay. Nope. Nope. Not going to nope. be gay. Nope. 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 She's a girl. No, girl. I mean, may, I'm, uh, you know. She's a girly I mean, girl. Blah, blah. Well, she, well, okay, we, we had hoped... And prayed to Josh that our baby girl Goldie would be a dyke in the image of her father Julie Goldman, but she is so she could she could be gay. She you look gay, she could be gay. She you know? could be. She could she be. be. But she's a, she's a girly girl. So she's, whatever yeah, so she is, not. she's gonna break all the hearts. Yes, I mean look at her hearts. standing in front of money in her sundress, she's, looking smart, looking just. She breaks our heart every. I can't oh wait gosh. to put that undo drugs in front of that. If she becomes a comedian, she's so fucking funny and just so cute. We love her. And also, Mamau Goldie's yeah. grandpa mm. was featured in the first episode That's of right. Patreon Idol, and he was amazing. Amazing. We feel like so close, yep. so close to him and so close to her. And we also got an updated picture <laughs> for the Drug Den Bulletin Board from our favorite sperm donor Ooh. and Patreon subscriber, Michael Delaney oh, Sullivan. Yes. Hey, J&B. The episode of your Patreon entitled We Didn't Get the Job was exactly what I didn't realize I needed to hear. I may have allegedly had a half-baked moment and quit my job, got fired back in March when I heard that episode. I was so down on myself and low, being able to share my feels with you both made me realize that fucking job was awful and I deserve better and people who appreciate my fucking talent. <laughs> now I've got a great one and I'm back on top. Well, good for you fucking Michael. We're still unemployed. <laughs> still talking about how we didn't get the job months later. But now we're grateful we didn't and it's going to open the door to a whole new thing. I hate this pic of me, but it's great because I'm happy with my little boo Nova and I figured it was time for an updated photo for the board love you both michael delaney sullivan so cute so now michael famously <laughs> jerked off in his car and handed a <laughs> thing of sperm to two lesbos i guess his good friends mm, mm, which mm. created nova yeah and who we had a picture of him and her as a baby when she was a baby she's a little like girl now she's like a little toddler mm -hmm. i never can let go that i need her name to be delaney yeah and then and that is to say he left a comment on our patreon podcast that the lesbos are pregnant again Ugh. And I think he, they already know the name. Like, it might be, like, Luna or something. Mm. And I'm like, again, they're not naming this kid Delaney. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to name my daughter Delaney and that no I'll kidding. never have. Yeah. It's so cute. It's but so cute. So he's going to be a father times two. That's great. Um, can I say, mm -hmm. um, nothing makes me more resentful of men than this. Like, do you know how many kids <laughs> I'd fucking have if I was a man? I'd be Nick Cannon in this bitch so hard. Like, I'm like, oh my God, God you damn, have a Michael. million kids. He gets to go, oh, you're so cute. Bye, <laughs> Nova. Bye-bye. Run along. Run the fuck along. Yep. And then just like, it's, they're so lucky. They're so lucky. I mean, like, yep. people get to find long lost, or men get to yes. find long lost kids, like, at 20, and then they become, Ugh. like, super close. They didn't have to do any anything, of the work. Anything. You can't even give birth and be, give it to two gay guys, because you would just be too connected. Like, a woman couldn't potentially oh, give right. birth and be like, okay, you're the moms now, I'm the dad, bye, yeah. I love you, but see you later. We just physically can't happen. Oh, that's why gay We're guys fucked. get, like, a stranger and a contract. Because they're like, don't be lurking. Okay, so, Michael, oh. we love you so much. She is, she so, is cute. so fucking cute. Well, he is so fucking cute. Yeah, the two like, of them are just, like, two little donor. cute. Yeah. Start selling that sperm, Michael. Um, okay, lastly, we got an updated pick from another one of our Patreon subscribers. She's one of our faves. Now, we already have her pick on the Drug Den Bulletin Board, but she was living in L.A. and she moved during the pandemic. So we were excited to get this update from her, but unfortunately, her message on the back of the postcard is kind of a bummer, but such is life living in faking America right now. <laughs> and I think she even wrote that before she lost her right to choose, and she is, appears quite young enough to still need that right. <sighs> 
Okay. Hey, Julian Brandy, original 14 and double diamond Patreon subscriber here. Double diamond. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I love that. Here is an updated pick for the D Drug Den Bulletin Board. And guess what? I'm an elected school board member. It sucks in ways I cannot describe. If it was a job, I'd already have quit. Complained to HR and sued the company for emotional <laughs> abuse. Luckily, I have a group I ran with, and we all got elected as liberal uh, as a liberal slate and can support each other. Hearing about all the hate directed to school boards is very frightening and makes me scared. But what no one reports on is the toxic right-wing racist cop attitudes that are inside the boards. <gasps> Please tell your listeners that although it is soul-sucking in the extreme, we need progressives to contact us, step up, and run for office. Upholding values from the inside is how we fight back. Go to meetings, be present. Just being in the room can keep board members and crazies on their best behavior. Love to you all from the LA Transplant in Mass. Now it's time for another meeting in the ladies' room. This is our segment called The Ladies' Room, and it's usually just ladies talking ladies stuff. But our guests today are not, in fact, ladies. They're men, and they're brothers, and they're twins. But they do care about ladies, and they made a documentary about lady stuff. Yes, they did. And it's a super fucking genius documentary called Still Working 9 to 5. And it's all about how the classic 80s movie 9 to 5 empowered working women everywhere to demand equal rights and equal pay. We're going to play you guys the trailer right now so you can hear it. It is so well done. Yeah. I just can't live if people don't understand. And just the trailer says it all. Mm -hmm. I feel like they really nailed the like fun, empowering tone of 9 to 5 while juxtaposing it with the massive amounts of misogyny <laughs> and discrimination against women going on at the time. So here's the trailer. I didn't like some of the humor in the 9 to 5 script, so I turned it down some black workwoman Jane being such a radical gal. The women work because they have to, and they're getting angry, and they're beginning to organize all around the country, and I support them, and I'm going to make a movie. Everybody was very nervous about the movie because it was three female leads. The core message in 9 to 5 was, you deserve better. Women said, wait a damn minute. I'm not going to take it anymore. Don't put up with shit. Demand respect. All of those things about 9 to 5. In the movie, women are still fighting for. It's so important that women realize that they're seen. But my lord, it's 40 years now, and it's still important. Well, we've got so much more to do. Working 9 to 5. What a way to make a living. Barely getting by. Oh my fagging God. It is so good. It is so good. It's an incredibly informative and important civil rights documentary. Civil rights, bitch. Civil rights. Wake w up. Women's rights are civil rights. Women's rights are human rights. <laughs> that more people should be talking about, by the way. But per usual, no one gives a fuck about women's rights because men. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, these two guys care, apparently, men. They do. It's not all men. <laughs> And through trying to get distribution for this movie, they have seen firsthand what it's like out there for women trying to get ahead. What a wonderful time to be alive. <laughs> what a wonderful time. So here to tell us all about how men have been blocking and controlling women's <laughs> rights since the dawn of time are two genuine exceptions to the rule, Larry and Gary Lane. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Oh, my God. Thank you for please. doing this this film. It's so yeah. amazing. Honestly, congratulations. Yeah. It's really wonderful. It's uh, it's awesome. It's inspiring. It's enraging. It's just so good. I, we can't stop thinking about it and talking about it. So, first of all, again, congratulations. Uh, we need our 14 listeners to see it. Where can they watch 
We are currently on film festival circuit. We're going all around the film festival beat right now. As far as streaming, theatrical, we're trying to find that. We are mm -hmm. kind of running into some pushback because we're being told that it's... Because sexism, ageism. Yeah, <laughs> ageism. We're being told that it's uh, it reads too old, it's not relevant. But then, of course, women. but with what just happened with women's rights and Roe versus Wade, it just it shows you that this is relevant. It needs to get out there. I'm very happy we have Dolly, Lily, Jane, and Dabney, and all, you know, all the fandom of 9 to 5 involved. There's a new duet, which is great. Everybody's like, oh, all the 9 to 5. But then when you get past the 9 to 5 fandom, you really hit the women's issues and show what hasn't changed and what needs to change. So we kind of did what the movie did. We bring them in with the yeah. – it's a comedy and it's fun, and, but then we give them a message. You did it. exactly what the movie did. Exactly. And you did it such a great job. I just want to point out – it's sexism still to this day. They don't give a shit about, like Julie said, about like women's civil rights. And I'm quite sure for a fact there's a four-part documentary about Magic Johnson, who was huge right at the exact time this movie was out in 1980, sitting on Apple Plus. And they had no problem being like, he's old, who cares, he's not relevant, but let's play this documentary about him. And no. I mean, I love Magic Johnson, nothing against him. But yeah, well, not to mention the 14,000 documentaries there are about rape, cults, <laughs> abuse, killing kids, whatever, and that's fine. That's Abercrombie fine. and Fitch. Abercrombie. Yeah. That's fine. Don't do <laughs> not fine. sexualize sexy guys. Right, no. That's wrong. But it's pretty. <laughs> that is exactly. wrong. It is wrong. So gross. <laughs> But it's amazing what happened this week. I mean, and and there are people that we were talking before we started recording. Uh, we've all both been in the world where people didn't even know what Roe versus Wade is. Uh, you know, I did go to the Gap earlier because um, I needed something, and the uh, attendee didn't know what Roe versus Wade was. Were you what? Please explain to us what. What were you doing at the Gap? Just diking and raging out? Or? We're going on a trip, and I needed to get like a button down. And um, I just had to go quickly because I was in a rage this morning, and I needed to get out on my scooter. And um, so I went. I stopped there. And I literally, any female person, I just want to be like, are you dying? Like, are you? can you believe this fucking shit? Because I was in a fucking state. I was in a state. And... Um, Never and then you get never. more in a rage because now, they don't know what the hell's yeah, going on. Yeah, because now I'm like, you know what? We're living in this this time where everyone's telling us, you know, we're fine and the, this and the that. And we're all more concerned about whatever, identifying as whatever, 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 whatever's important to people. You don't know what Roe versus Wade is. And that's, you're a woman. It's, but it's that's sad. not their fault. It's yeah. not th it's not their fault, but it's right. And a lot of people didn't know that in 1982 the Equal Rights Amendment was struck down. So a lot of women, including Dolly, and Dolly has said this in media, so we can say this now, she did not know that the ERA didn't pass and women weren't in the Constitution. I didn't even know what the ERA and, was and, until I saw your documentary. And, and, okay, so <laughs> a lot I'm a of political people. Podcast. So the Equal Rights Amendment, because we know all the activists and the women that are in this film that keep us up to date on what's happening with Congress, if the Equal Rights Amendment was in place right now, Roe versus Wade could not be attacked because mm -hmm. women are in the Constitution, right. so they would be protected. So it makes our film more relevant to show you why the Equal Rights Amendment should have passed in 1982. I will say, I would like to say that I did learn a lot from your film. I didn't know, yeah. I didn't know about the organization of Nine to Five. I didn't know a lot of the information that was imparted in the movie, and I think that was really uh, informative and important for everyone to understand. That's why we want to get it out there. But explain to our 14 listeners because I didn't know. I'm like ERA. I literally was like, that's like a thing for like the environment. I think it's like <laughs> Environmental Rights Association. <laughs> so explain to our 14 listeners. Uh, like what what the equal rights uh, it was an amendment to the constitution right what it is what the journey was in the in the 70s and 80s Yes, it was an amendment to say that men and women could not be, as far as things ruled under the law, they could not be separated and ruled separately on that. So that was the Equal Rights Amendment. So in 1971, it went out to the states, and it needed three-fifths to ratify, which would have been 38 states. So in 1982, when the deadline came up, they only had 35 states, so the amendment was struck down, and the Equal Rights Amendment did not go into the Constitution. Right. So from 1982 until 2020, three more states got in line. So, so gross. Nevada was the 36, and then Illinois was 37, and we were filming in Virginia when they became the 38th state. So because there was a, a deadline put in place in 1982, and we all know that Trump was there in, in 2020, so what happened is he had Barr write a memo. It's called the Barr Memo, and it said if Virginia ratifies and becomes a 38th state, do not 
accept the ratification and let it be passed that Virginia passed the rule. So what that means is the Barr memo has been holding it back, and they put a bill in place in 2021 to say that the deadline for the 1982 was unconstitutional. It passed the House. It's been sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk for a year. We call it the Mitch regime. So it's been sitting on his desk, and if that would be struck down, the Equal Rights Amendment would go right into law, and it would be the law of the land. I just want to say that in, in, in plain terms, um, women aren't in the Constitution. So this is literally like not even just men and women can't be separated. Women are just simply included in the rights given under afforded under the Constitution. We're not even in the Constitution at all. So it is fucking beyond. And I'm sure Joe Manchin was jerking off over Trump and jizzing all over him when he was like, yeah, we finally approved it, but we know you're not going to ratify it. And blah, blah, blah. Like it's so it's unbelievable. I'm. I can't sleep at night because you can't just sell this to Netflix. The literal mm-hmm. garbage, trash, thirst traps I see on Netflix. And w- they buy everything. Everything. They're not going to buy this? Why? We have a sales agent who is completely dumbfounded. He said, I've never seen anything like this. We've got reviews, amazing reviews. Deadline, The Hollywood Reporter, The Rap, Variety. 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. He said, the critics are on your side. You've got Dolly going on Kelly Clarkson's show talking about the duet and the documentary. So we've had the celebrities have actually talked about it. He said that basically what happened is during COVID, all the streamers were buy, 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 and now they're guarding their purse strings, and they're not buying content. And, and I think our so content, the equal no, pay, I think no that way. threatens a lot of people because they don't so want too. women to make the same thing as those Netflix executives. I agree. So tell us how two millennials, you guys are millennials, men, how do you end up making a, a documentary about 9 to 5, and I mean women's rights? You weren't even born when 9 to 5 came out. Yes, we were. Uh, okay. we were. Yeah, we were young, but we, we were more okay. saying it. We didn't re- it, res- it resonated with us at 13 when we watched it, and our mom was in the, the workforce, and we asked her, does she have to deal with these things? And she said, I don't have to deal with a lot of the issues in the movie, but a lot of women do. So that was our first kind of initial nine to five. But and then we, we love Dolly. Yeah, we love Dolly. <laughs> but, I mean, who doesn't? Who but doesn't? Well, you're already a Dolly because you guys are diehard in the Dolly. South, in the South, we grew up with Dolly. Our parents loved you all are, the old country, and Dolly was the, just the one. And for the 14 listeners, uh, you also have a a a film about Dolly Parton as well. Yes, it's called Hollywood to Dollywood, and we did that one 10 years ago, which is insane that we did that one, but that was a cross-country journey to, uh, we written a script for her, and we wanted to give her the script and tell her what she meant to us growing up, because being Southern Baptist and being gay, we were always told, you you know, you're going to burn in hell, and then whenever we'd see Dolly on Donahue or Oprah, wherever she was, she goes, I don't judge anybody. I love and my I gay remember fans. Larry King said, "Well, why do you why do you um, love your gay fans?" She goes, "Well, I'm not. I don't judge anybody, Larry. Are you God? I'm not God. I just love everybody." So she just checked his so ass th- at the door. Those <laughs> things, hearing her say those things when we were in that, you know, in our teen years, it just resonated with us. So that's what Hollywood to Dollywood was about. And she let us use like 15 songs. It was unbelievable how she helped us with that film. And that's what it kicked off this one. Mm. We we initially wanted to, in 2018, Dolly, Lily, and Jane, they really went out there and they are like, we want to do a sequel. Everybody wants the 9 to 5 sequel. So initially our mind was, okay, it's been a movie, it's been a TV show, it's been a song, it's been a musical, now it's going to be a sequel. We wanted to document the life of 9 to 5. So then Camille Hardman, who is our producing and directing partner, she kind of came on board and she really did the research about the 9 to 5 organization, a lot of the women's rights issues. Mm-hmm. And that hadn't resonated with us at that moment but I can tell you in making this film and interviewing Lily Ledbetter and interviewing Zoe Nicholson and hearing all the women's rights issues we are we're woke we're woke of course and you, I mean you've been woke yeah. I'm a woman you've been woke me up I didn't woke know me up any too. of that stuff I mean and, of course and I'm know. an extreme dyke shout out Camille Woo! for doing Camille it Harvey, she's in Italy right now or she would actually be here with well, us well good for Camille she can get an abortion <laughs> in Italy probably she needs to Okay, so well, your mom wasn't a secretary then. Now, Julie and I, like, of course, and uh, probably a lot of people who, and I do want to confess, I did give let a gay, one of my gay, really good gay friends who's obsessed with Dolly Parton, I had to let him watch the movie. And, like, I'm excited, and think? I don't, <laughs> oh my God, he was obsessed. I, I, I had to, and I didn't want to tell you, and then I was like, no, what should I do? Fine. I can't just be giving no. their movie away, but there's just, like, everybody needs to see it, and it's, it's so, so hard. It's so important. I am so yeah. mad at Netflix, I want to start a thing about I can't <laughs> believe. The, the the literal garbage that yeah. they'll put on. Well, then, the, and the, and the, they've got I, Grace I and take, Frankie. Dolly was it. just on it oh, with yeah. them. It's crazy. It's, it's ridiculous. It's I can't. I can't. Okay. And then I can't take it. I can't take it. We keep getting kicked when we're down. So they last week 
they dropped the Jane and Lily comedy special about women in oh, comedy. That's right. And how did they open it? Nine Lily to five. and Jane, nine to five, mm-hmm. trying to get to the, to the uh, comedy club. It's crazy. So there's just a whole thing with Dolly, Lily, and Jane that fascinates everybody. They yes. love Dolly, Lily, and Jane. Yep. And we've created a movie. We've thrown, you know, Dabney Coleman, Allison Jenny, and Rita Moreno in there just for fun. So yeah. we've got Dolly, Lily, <laughs> well, and Dabney Jane. Well, Dabney Coleman is super, super integral to nine to five. Oh, he's great. Oh, he's so I mean, great. he is the world. So how long, when did you guys start it? What year? Four years ago. We started filming in 2018. We filmed uh, Karen Nussbaum, who was one of the co-founders of the organization, and then Dolly was next. So um, the lucky thing is Steve Summers, who's Dolly's creative manager, he's an EP on the film. And we told him the idea and everything. He said, I really feel like if I can sit Dolly down with you, that will open the door to the rest. And that's Mm. exactly what happened. So she was the first. She She was was the the first first. celebrity, Mm. yes. Interesting. And then because she did it, I would assume Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin were like, oh, okay. Allison was next, and then Rita, and then Lily, and Jane Jane was was the hardest to get. Really? Really? Jane was doing um, Fire Drill Friday, so she was living in D.C., and she was just everywhere at that time. So So we had the only way we could get Jane is we had to go to Washington, and we had to stay at the hotel she was staying at. So we looked out our window. I was like, oh, that's the White House. So it was a very expensive hotel. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably Trump's hotel. Oh my god! <laughs> oh so my she, god! She literally, we were we always look for cool shit to go on the back of the scene, like plants and stuff to make the background look great. Uh-huh. So we were walking around looking for something. And in at the, the end of the hall, I heard Jane. I was like, she's literally in that room down there, and she walked right out of her door and walked right into in our room on the same floor and did the interview. So we did the interview right. I in mean, room. that right there is worth it. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I could imagine you probably have zero money left, but <laughs> I mean, at this point, we who have cares? put a lot into the film. <laughs> yes, we, <laughs> <laughs> we have to get your money back. I mean, you yes. can get it back anyway but you would at least get the, the, the feeling of I mean what about in the movie it's oh the gosh. woman who who's in the fucking the co- the amendment to the constitution and she's like I never saw any of the money and I'm oh, like Lily Ledbetter on the thing Lily Ledbetter it's so Lily. cool like it's so like it's like it literally gives me chills like that woman in the story and we, it's so you know, cool and just as women or people and whatever I, I, but I feel for me personally as somebody who thinks like I know or I'm invested in the movement and all of this it was still so informative because we don't you know, it's not like there's a history book that's like the history. There's not a hit that we learn in school. So for people who just want to even understand about the women's movement in general terms, that's what your movie did. And yeah. with the ERA, a lot of people get confused, but they're like, even ERA people said you guys laid it out perfectly, where perfectly. people really understand, understand it. Perfectly. The yeah. under and and we learned about the nine to five organization. Now, was this the first time that you learned about it as well? Yes. There was a chapter. Karen Nussbaum started one chapter. So when the movie went out, there was one. And then after the movie, a year later, they opened fifty-seven more chapters for working women around the country. So it kind of galvanized the movement. Oh, cool. That's wow. cool. That That's really cool. And that, that 9 to 5 organization is still around today. Right. When you were doing the film, I don't know how to articulate this, but I know while watching it, we got to meet, you know, the 9 to 5 women and Karen Nussbaum and Lily Ledbetter and blah, blah, blah. But we also got to see snippets of Phyllis Schlafly and the people who are against the ERA. And A, did you want to talk to any of those women for the movie? And B, what do you feel? How does that make you feel? Like, did you have a feeling about the people who are the antithesis to the movement? Who are women? Well, I think growing up Southern Baptist, we kind of knew where, where Phyllis Shafley was coming from because yeah. they used the religious right to back up their views. And, you know, we, we, we wouldn't have really reached out to talk to her because for us it was about the women who lived it and the women who fought for the rights. And they're still fighting for them because the ERA hasn't passed. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was just talking to Zoe Nicholson today, and she's going to speak out in front of one of the abortion clinics in Long Beach. And, you know, these women have been doing this for 50 years, and then something like this just, like, knocks them down again. I can't even imagine, Mm -mm. though, especially after watching it. We watched the movie, and we're just so, like, amazing, and these women, and they must feel so, and today they just must be... Well, yes. How did she feel? I mean, you, since you spoke to her, was oh, she just she so just, depressed? You know, she, I love Zoe. She had a, a hat on that said resist. She had a shirt <laughs> on that said feminist. So she's, you know, she's, oh, she's, she's like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do till they put me in the ground and I'm going to fight for this and my whole life. Next month in Long Beach, the ERA turns 99 years old. So we're doing a special screen. It's like 500 seats. So oh, it's going to be at a theater in Long Beach. So we're oh. excited and she's going to host it. And all ERA. the lesbos are going to roll <laughs> all the ERA. Out, We're, we're going to try to bring Lily Ledbetter in. We're going to have a lot of the activists there. <laughs> I feel like That's it's great. a crazy just personally for us Mamao like yeah. we watched their documentary um the night before the Insane. the uh, Roe v. Wade came Roe, down yeah. and was overturned it's and also, uh, women's rights were it, taken away. It was also a couple days before your birthday 
And the one yes. thing with Julie and I, and we've been friends for a million years. We have had this podcast like, like s- since 2016. Too, too, too long. Yeah, and even prior to that, we were constantly, you know, like having Hillary Clinton, Obama debates, like you know, like you know, the con- the constant question, like, am I? I'm not a feminist because I voted for Obama and not Hillary Clinton, and we have these whole things. So, I always would treat her like shit and be like, "You're so annoying with abortion. Like, oh, it's never gonna get overturned. It's such a fucking fake issue, and like, I don't want to hear about it all the time, all the time. Abortion, abortion, abortion." And then it's like, we watch your documentary. The very next day, the Roe v. Wade gets overturned. Her birthday is the next day after that, and I'm like. Yeah, you were right. I was wrong about that. Sorry. I don't want to be right, you guys. Oh, it's terrible. I don't it's want so to bad. be right. I mean, I can't believe. And you know, I don't, what? Do, at the end of the day, what we uh, what and what your film focuses on, whether it's you know, and you can ca- say that it's about abortion, Roe v. Wade, but what it's never been about abortion, and that is the point, and that's the point of the movie, and that is why it drives me crazy. I don't need an abortion. <laughs> No one's fucking me. You know what I mean? I'm not fucking getting no fucking abortion. No fucking juice is going to be in there. I am not getting an abortion. Okay? However, it it has for my whole life been this thing that drives me and enrages me and it makes me sick and I hate it and I can't stand it and people are pro-life and I can't. You Until know. you're attacking someone at the when we're working at the Gap, apparently. <laughs> yeah, because I can't fucking handle it. That this and because this is partly why we're here is there's a lack of education, there's a lot of ignorance, and there's a lot of complacency. But that's gatekeeping. Men are gatekeeping that. I'm sorry. It's like we're now Julie and I are just having a conversation. You guys are like we can just leave. Um, we, it's men that are doing that. The woman at standing at the gap. It's not her fault. It's the guy at Netflix's fault. It's it's every man's fault that that gatekeeps this issue. They've yes. made this perfectly perfect film. Yes. A perfect civil rights film yep. about the, this journey. Mm-hmm. We learned so much, and then yep. everything got rolled to, to turn the clock back 50 years. And it, and no one's gonna. You know. I mean, obviously, I want to say like you guys should put it on. It wouldn't. You wouldn't. It would be a drop in the bucket. But it's like put it on Patreon, charge I people five dollars to buy it. I want it to be shown in like literal yeah. universities well, we're, we're and elementary like, schools. Like the ERA coalition, we were just in Virginia for a screening last night. Vegas with, with them. So in Vegas, sorry. Uh, where did I say we were? Virginia, sorry. <laughs> Vegas, sorry. <laughs> Big difference. Before Julie needs to get all the hot goss <laughs> on all of her girlfriends in the movie, um, I do want to know how making the film, if at all, changed you as men. Absolutely. I can remember um, Ellen Cassidy, who was uh, Karen Nussbaum's co-founding partner of the 9to5 organization. We interviewed her in New York, and just to hear her tell the story of having one of the secretaries that worked for the organization had to sew the man's pants up while he was wearing them. (sighs) And so they started sharing these stories, and then even our cameraman, Brian Tweed, who went all over the world with us, we started every new interview, we would be hit over the head with another thing that working women were having to deal with at that time. So that takes you away from the nine to five fandom and Dolly Lily Jane reunion, and it takes you into the issues that are still there. And then she says that all of the things that this movie hit in 1980, 42 years later, not 40, everybody says 40, but it's 42, those issues, equal pay, equal job advancement, sexual harassment, universal child care are still not resolved. And things like what happened you know, with Roe versus Wade, it only just pushes everything back further down the pipeline. I can't take it. It's absolutely incredible. I would think like there's so many stories. I, would, I could talk to you about it for four days, honestly. Like <laughs> every here. story, every story that you uncovered, every... For every inspiring person that was in the movie, I know that there's a story. Like you said, there's a story of somebody who sewed the guy's pants while he's standing there. Like these are our mothers, mm-hmm. and our grandmothers, and our mothers, and our and I. You know, we just learned this year that women didn't even allow. They couldn't even have a credit card with their name on it until 1972. Our mothers didn't have credit cards with their names on them. The like, yeah. Beatles already had three albums out. Yeah, I mean, this is. And you saw the chauvinist guy. He was with a news station. He said, you gave them the vote 50 years ago. It's your fault. Which now the vote's not safe. If they can do what they did, they could go back 100 years and take the vote. That's right. I want them to at this point. I'm like, take it. Take it all. It's worthless. It's <laughs> yeah. a pile of yeah. shit anyway. Take it. I mean, it. seriously, that's what's, and that's what's, I can't wait. Uh, exactly. Well, we'll end on a positive note because yes. you got to hear about all all of your sexy girlfriends. Uh, we need to hear about Jane and Dolly and Lily. I want to hear about Dabney Coleman too because I'm lightweight obsessed with him from that movie. I've seen the movie 5,000 times. I made Brandy watch it with me right after we watched your movie. I put on I But I mean, I've seen it many times. Uh, yes. I would say I'm probably more of 
the song was probably, I mean, I've seen the movie a million times, but Julie, this is like one of Julie's like top three. And the re only reason we even found you guys is because Julie's watching the movie once a week. <laughs> I've you seen know. the movie a yeah. hundred times probably. I can verbatim yeah. say every line of the movie. So did you like the way how we had the main stars talking about like what was really going on in that scene and that scene oh, and deleted scenes? And it really broke down. You kidding? Yes. <laughs> That's for anyone who's a fan of 9 to 5. That's why this movie's so great, or your movie, because you go into the movie making of 9 to 5, and then you have all of this shit of... And it's funny because the thing so in the documentary that you guys really show is the attitude, a, a pervasive, like, not even passive-aggressive, like an assertive attitude of, oh, this is so heavy-handed. Like, Roger Ebert, I yeah. have never been so turned off hearing Roger Ebert talk about fucking, yes. oh, yes. oh, just, oh, it's just heavy-handed women, blah, blah. But it's funny because while I'm watching the documentary, I'm thinking, I'm so glad this element of the behind-the-scenes of 9 to 5 is here because I probably would be, like, really cringing and eye-rolling over, like, some bug-nut, like, feminist bullshit. Like, I was glad it, 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 it I was living the dichotomy of that like because you made it so that it wasn't heavy-handed and i was glad that you did it yeah because they like tried the to push it down but it still was the number two movie only star only the empire strikes back beat it so they, the critics yeah. wanted to push it down but it was such and then a when hit. you're yeah. when you're making and you find out little nuggets like the nine to five musical harvey weinstein was the producer okay, of it there's little a, nuggets like okay. that that you can't write how that you shit. mind that there's a scene in your in in the in the dock where it's like almost one of the ending it's scenes. Great. It was like a mic drop scene. It was a yeah, where basically because yeah. if you don't know, there's nine to five musical. This they do it all around the world, but it, I guess at the beginning when it's first, first opened on Broadway, yeah. um, Harvey Weinstein was a producer on it, and he was at the premiere, <laughs> and he said like you know, and he cringeworthy was, things. It just yeah, was. Said, oh, I'm sure all my people want to kill, kill me. me, and it was like <laughs> all the girls that like, work <laughs> for me, everyone I've raped <laughs> want to kill. He, it's just insane. It's and then he goes. <laughs> 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 It's all things like, and you can tell that the that the documentary spans years. You can, I mean, you can. And that's you can not tell. easy to do because we had to take. Okay, so what we did is we had to take it all the way to present day. We really were going for the 40th anniversary, which would have been December 2020, mm. but then COVID hit. So then it kind of turned into what working women would have to come out of the workforce to take care of their kids, mm -hmm. and so we were literally editing in real time, and it carried us up to that. Mm. Even right up until January 2022, Crazy. we put the quote up there holding Mr. Biden accountable. Ugh. You know, to get yeah, because done. Biden, the bar memo is still there, and our activists know about it, and they keep up with this shit, and it <laughs> needs to be struck down. And if my my ratings, like my you know, ratings were so low as his, I'd be trying to get the ERA passed and get fifty two percent of the yes. women back on my side. Yeah, I don't know if why I'm not doing that, particularly now. now. I want to ask one question. Sure, go ahead. Um, What's Jane Fonda sexy in your life? <laughs> we're gonna, we're definitely getting okay. to that. Um, what would you say to, as now as, as men, speaking to other men, um, what would you ask them to under, be more understanding of or to maybe be more informed about? You know, I know not the whole of men, but I think that there's a, you know, a lot of guys that could, that don't care about this and think it's stupid or, you know, what, how, as a man speaking to other men, well, what I think, would you say? I think you just have to be present. You have to realize what has been stacked against women from the beginning of the founding of the United States. Women were not there. They were not present. So you have to be aware. And that's why in our movie, there's three different Mr. Hearts. There's Dabney, then there's the Broadway Mr. Hart, and then there's mm -hmm. the, uh, the, you know. So we wanted, that's our version of male voices, but men have to be involved in the conversation to make the change. And it's really holding a lot of these male senators because all of the, you know, they said now that 92% of men were there on the Senate when they pushed the three people through for Trump's, you know, Supreme Court justices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, it all goes back to those people too, like letting them get in there knowing that this is going to happen. And get Gay marriage is next. It's probably and, next. And all of these things. They've already said it. Yeah, they've already said it. He literally, he literally said, said it. <laughs> and I'm so glad we feature his sorry ass in the yeah, film as well. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that yes. was great too. That was because it's unbelievable seeing full clips uh, of Clarence Thomas yep, and Anita Hill yep. and then literally for us the next day being like fucking Clarence Thomas yep. is talking about rolling back because, gay marriage. You know, unbelievable. It, what happened with him was fine, but what it did was women saw what happened and how Anita Hill was treated in those hearings mm -hmm. and that galvanized them to, to go, go into, into office you know, run for office. And run. So 
Well, we can only hope that that's what's going to happen now. Um, I'm sure this, our, our profound and important podcast with yeah. its 14 listeners, is yeah. really going to move the needle forward. Damn it, you 14 people. <laughs> totally get off your ass. You've got 16 now. Yeah. You've got yeah. 16 oh, now. Oh, oh that's nice. <laughs> well, we, well, we're going to be put on your list of, I don't know what this group of activists you have on call, but we need to get involved. <laughs> yeah. But before we do, let's talk about Jane and Lily and Dolly. I want all yes. the tea. We need all the tea. I mean, what is it? Jane, I mean, Jane Fonda, by the way, for everything we know about Jane Fonda, we know we don't know as much about Jane Fonda. The depth she was in on mo- the movement and activism. Yes. Like, there's Even so much her more. Even in making the movie. We yes. Jane, yeah. Jane had no and, idea. Jane and Bruce Gilbert, her producing partner at the time, you know, they did Clue. They did Coming Home. They did all the movies. So <sighs> they really spearheaded it. And Jane was friends with Karen Nussbaum. And she heard about what all these women were dealing with the officer. Jane wanted to make the movie. So it really was her and Bruce that gave 9 to 5 to the world. And that was evident in the movie, too, which I really appreciated how much you really showed how much, how involved she was, how just, she wasn't just the the woman that people hated because she sat on the stupid thing in Vietnam or whatever. She Even was, though she was bugging and doing t- what you call it Fridays or whatever it's called and made you come to D.C. <laughs> Fire drill Fridays. Yeah. still like yes. celebrated her. And I, yeah, I mean, and even in my own fucking self-obsessed arrogance had to sit and be like, <laughs> you know, it's like, like, Jane, I mean, I had to listen to my dad. Uh, my dad is like a Texas guy and certainly like full religious oppression the whole bit. But it's like my whole life here about how he hated Jane Fonda and just she needed, yes. sh- you know, and the whole shut up and sing. And that came out of the whole, every, all of that is born out of Jane Fonda. She was like the first like female famous actress, activist or, you know, celebrity activist ever female. And to sit and watch the way you guys laid it out in the movie and really went more in depth and Dolly being like, well, I didn't, people are mad at me for being involved <laughs> with her. And it was like, I yeah. felt like, man, we wouldn't even literally be here right now if it wasn't for her. Yep. Yeah, we and wouldn't we even have you a know, voice. Yep. Jane has gone on numerous interviews and said it was the biggest mistake of her life. She regrets it. So, you you know, you give everybody forgiveness. So she's basically said of that course. she regretted doing that and the way it was laid out. And there was a lot of stuff that went on behind the scenes mm-hmm. where she was really had the, you know, the shades pulled over her eyes during that whole moment. So I don't, we don't fault her at all. We don't either. No, we, we don't either. Yeah, we that's did. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. We did. She's we done so much for all of us. We're so, yes. like. And we wanted to show how Dolly did get pushback from working with Jane. Yeah. But Dolly also, we just, we screened it in Vegas at a big, at their Nevada, um, chapter Nevada for, not Nevada now, ERA. But they said, you know, what you got Dolly to say in your film, she's always been middle of the road. She says more in your film about politics and women rights mm. and it's downright fairness. Dolly really opened up for us. You that's know, she great. went on record. Well, she's seen, I don't know. You can she's tell so she's great. She she got a yeah. list of the questions because they wanted to let her know the questions so she know mm-hmm. you know what she was going to answer. And there were so many questions. She goes, we better get over there early so I can get all these questions. So, so she, she came, shows up and we're still setting lights, but she's, she's amazing. Oh we love her. And, Lily, and Lily, Lily was the funniest interview by far because, you know, Camille did all the interviews. So she had all mm. the questions and we had them laid out. Mm-hmm. But Camille was the kind of the Barbara Walters asking them the questions. And she, Lily would just say shit that would just make you bust out laughing. Her interview was longer than any of the rest of them because we were laughing all the way through it. And wow. Jane Jane was great. Uh, I think Jane and Camille really clicked in because Camille is from Australia. So right when, hey guys. Right, hey guys. When she, right when she was putting the mic on Jane, Camille said something, and then Jane asked her if she was from Australia, and it was right when the fires they were happened happening, and the fires. millions of animals. And so Camille got emotional, and Jane, you know, they had a real moment there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jane was just as busy as she was to give us that time, and she knew she was the last one that had done the interviews, and she was just very gracious. And we appreciated having her as p- being part of it. I love how, like, in the the way I interpreted, like, in the documentary, the it was like for me, Dolly Parton was like the the heart of the film, and then Jane Fonda was like the heart of the movement, and then you have like Lily Tomlin, like directly in the middle, who's like the glue. you know, yeah, and yes, she's she kind of like sort of she she's she's like the mix of them both like i want to be here and i want to be funny but then i hate i don't want to be stupid and i'm it's like she was sort of hard to work with and she was really conflicted about it all and it was it and just for yeah i mean there were so many women's voices that and from so many different perspectives i've even loved that one bitch who was like oh they were just so annoying and exhausting and then she came around like um rita Rita, moreno they were all just so embarrassing and she's like i didn't want to call myself a feminist i would never call myself a feminist and then she she was she was a really really great interview she was so Rita was just one of those people that 
she knew from the beginning the TV show sucked. Why do y'all want to talk to oh, me? Yeah, the TV and we're like, show. because it's part of the movement. She got nominated for an Emmy. She goes, did I? She didn't even yeah. know. She got nominated for, for an Emmy show? for her role. Yeah, for that for show. Violet. And she wow. was the first Latina actress to get nominated for an Emmy. So it was a big thing, but um, she didn't know. She just didn't know why we wanted to interview her. But now that she's seen the film, she understands the message of it. I loved her, her yeah. take. I loved her take too. And honesty, and like they were embarrassing. And I, I just got, there just, there was so many, there's so much to relate to and yeah. learn from in it. Yeah. It was so well done. I mean, you guys are really, really talented. We can't say enough great things about this. It's mm -hmm. the only bad thing we can say is that you can't watch it. Sorry. <laughs> there's hope we've got a saving grace. Okay. So and Hulu's got, got the original nine to five. What a double feature. They're, they've got nine to five Hulu. You buried does. me. You buried me. Sorry. <laughs> so, okay. Like so so y'all know that at the end, there's a special duet with Dolly and Kelly Clarkson. Yes, okay, yes, yes. so that has been created exclusive for the movie. It's a whole different take on the song. It's like a slow and yes, haunting version. Yes. So their labels have both been holding the release back, waiting for us to get a streamer or distribution. Oh so now we're we're feeling like that that will be that something. Could be. It could because they're going to go out and promote that as well with the doc. Mm. The doc is on all the box art, so it says new duet. I'll show you all the great picture oh, they've okay. created. They've already created the box art from the documentary. Still working nine to five. So we're in the narrative of the duet, which is great. Well, and Kelly just dropped the karaoke. Yep. Yep. We've been in a deep, deep karaoke yep. hole, as yep. I'm sure everyone has. Yep. It's the perfect time. It feels like it's it's right on the precipice. I mean, it it's does. It's got to be, and especially. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, even though how hideous what happened this week. Mm, it's got to be yeah. an opening. It's, do you want people to follow you guys personally? Yeah, everything. We also do red carpets before COVID for Twin Zone. <laughs> so it's T-W-I-N-Z-Z-O-N-E, Twin Zone. So we do red carpet interviews together. We did that before COVID oh, kind of oh, shut yeah. us down. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, COVID. And yeah. now we've. this is our still working 9 to 5 baby. So we put our whole life savings in this. So we have to get her out into the yes. world <laughs> before we get back on the red carpet. Thank you all so much. Thank you You're so welcome. much. Thank you. Now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a So There's That moment that's happening because of or in spite of the fact that the diarrhea toilet Republicans <laughs> and the ignorant Facebook Fox News army that follows them have literally overturned Roe v. fucking Wade <laughs> and rolled back women's rights 50 years. She hates doing it because finding an uplifting story to end the show on a positive note is completely fucking hard, especially right fucking now when everyone seems to have such a hard on for civil rights except for the ones that are specifically women's rights. And we just happen to be two women who like rights. <laughs> I mean, honestly, between that and rolling back federal environmental protections, the Republican Supreme Court is either going to make you quit doing so there's that or make us quit this <laughs> podcast altogether. Yeah. And it's whichever comes first. Um, it's a toss up. It's a toss up. It's a toss up. Now, we have spent the last day uh, sleeping in for 14 hours on this cruise. There happens to be four live channels on the TV and they're all news channels. BBC International, BBC News, MSNBC, and Fox News. Can I just interrupt? There's only four channels. Correct. Like it's those four. And it's, it's not that amongst E. Oh yeah, no, no, no. no. That's what I'm saying. Fun. There's four live channels, and they're all and only these news channels. I will not go near Fox News, or I will. I don't know what I'll do. So I, of course, putting on MSNBC just in and of itself. I don't think we're going to get to watch live TV or TV at all for the next seven days. We're going to be watching like fucking, you're going to make us watch like, you know, Armageddon and shit. You're lucky that you are not being forced to watch every Star Trek, every Harry Potter, because this is where I'm going. I need to live in fantasy land. Every cartoon, we're going to, you know what we're going to watch? We're going to fucking watch fucking Earwig. I need to get away from it. And we're going to do the Nicki Minaj American Idols. We have 37 episodes of Nicki Minaj American Idol, which we are going to watch. So at least there's that. That Literally, there's 37 episodes of it. And I do thank you. Because I, I can't sit in this room and watch Star Trek. I love you for that. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, there's other movies that we are going to, we can watch, which we haven't even begun to delve into, which we will. Because I can't, I can't, I just can't do it. I, 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 I it's just horror. The news is just a horror show. It's just a horror show. Just like you said, whether it's the environment or it's women's rights or it's police or it, there's just nothing. There's nothing. If I, and not to mention, on July 4th, 
where we're watching celebrations and they're talking about barbecues and and how many burgers people are fucking barbecuing and all this bullshit. And then I see uh -oh, some the meat, the meat, the meat. The I can't farming. even. I can't. Do, I'm. I, I. It's. It's too much. Everything. There's torture everywhere I look, and I can't get away from it. And if I see another dumb bitch laughing and celebrating their rights being taken away, I may set this entire ship on fire. My rage and frustration have exceeded a human being's limit. I haven't been able to go to therapy because we're on vacation and there's no outlet, except of course binge drinking. But my body's decided it needs a break. So now. We're trying to spend the week being somewhat healthy, so when we enter back home, it won't be so hard to go through withdrawals, and we'll be able to just jump right back into life. We're trying to get, go sober for the week, and the only TV we have to watch is fucking news. How are we going to go sober with that? I don't know, but we're going to do it, and that's why we can't barely leave the room, because we have to stay in here and not be tempted, or it's just... Ugh. But luckily, it's a large room. We can stretch. We can do tone it up. We can fucking get our life. Now... On a small scale, there's little snips and bits of goodness and little organizations and whatnots, but in general, I couldn't even enjoy watching baby sloths eat on YouTube without bursting into tears because I know a bunch of straight men who can't rape as easily as they used to will go and slaughter them. I mean, I... You, ye you yelled into the bathroom while I was in the bathroom on the toilet. I can't even enjoy this video of sloths because I know they're going to get slaughtered. And I was like, let's try and reframe. Let's try and reframe. We all have to die sometime. I mean, I swear, it's, and I quote, we all have to die sometime while I'm sitting on the toilet. I'm lost. I'm just lost. Now, thank God, Brandy was able to easily find some sort of light at the end of the tunnel because I can't do it. I'm sorry, you guys. I can't do it. I'm so in my in my rage that I just I just can't well, do it. Well, let's say it's a fake light. It's a fluorescent light. Well, it's in an office, and it's harsh. It's harsh. Yes, exactly. Now, the only good news that I could potentially be happy about and make me feel relaxed will be either a bunch of hunters getting killed and stomped and gored by a deer or bull or cow. Honestly, at this point, I wish there was like a cow uprising. I wish there was a cow uprising and they would mass murder all of us and eat us all. all, all and I include myself. Come and kill me. I deserve it. Well, it's you do. I do. For a cow to kill. I, I do. Yeah. I do. And it's truly the only justice at this point um, that I can find, or at least if we as women particularly found solidarity with cows and um, we all came together Became in a like cow a cow woman team. union, <laughs> you know, to systematically take out those people, but mostly men who are destroying the world. Sort of a Narnia meets atomic blonde fantasy or cow Narnia meets pissed off housewives who don't want to take it anymore. We will accept gay men. We will. You just have to take less money and jizz into jars so we can repopulate the world. I do want to say you clearly are in a, a deep hole because when I was like, what should we get for room service? You were like, I'm going to get the cauliflower steak. And I was like, oh, good God. Like, I'm letting you be like, you're so deep into it. You're like, I can't even get a steak and enjoy myself. I'm, and I'm like, cauliflower steak? You couldn't fucking pay me. I mean, I'm also going to get the chicken. Yeah. Now, because... <laughs> But there's a steak on the fucking room service. I could have steak every day. Yeah. And all these guys will be. So add that all of them to your hole. Every, all of them. So I just can't. I just can't do it. Now maybe one. I'm sure now, you're gonna do. <laughs> mm -hmm. We'll we'll keep you posted. We'll see. Since that's never gonna happen, and we're not gonna go into cow Narnia. I will not be happy until either our rights are fully returned and enhanced, and we get the word woman put into the Constitution, or the next abortion rally you know, which I'm sure is, are going on right now, um, where a bunch of fuck faces are yelling about the rights of a fetus or try and push women away from getting help, I need them all to get shot in the head and blasted into space and cut into pieces. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If my violent rhetoric triggers you, it's all I have right now. It's all I have. So... That and a cauliflower steak. Besides, <laughs> besides my violent kill revenge fantasies, which are keeping me alive... Here's what we fucking found out. I guess I'm glad that many companies and corporations and retail stores have come forward and are coming out against the despicable and disgusting Supreme Court ruling, sort of. <sighs> I keep thinking about smug Amy Corny and arrogant rape enabler Bruce Kavanaugh. I want to slap him across the face so badly. I want to fucking slap him across the face so badly. I need it. Where's Will Smith when you really need him? Fuck alopecia. Fuck that. How about actual women's fucking rights? That whiny, rape-door-watching, sniveling fuck. Trust fund baby, too. Yeah, that's, I hate him. 
with a passion. He got to take my rights away. That guy, that toilet bowl of piss is in control of me and us and you. I can't take it. And Clarence Thomas, a sexual predator harasser, got to be in control of our fucking lives. I don't know what to say anymore. It's like in the movie Gladiator when Marcus Aurelius walks with his daughter and he says, let's pretend now I am a good father and you are a dutiful daughter. And they walk pretending, which is what mm. I'm going to do now. Now, I know this is a good thing. Uh, my heart's whatever. Uh, it's a little there, but you know, okay. Uh, I want to briefly shine light on the good intentions of these shitty companies, so I don't know if it's real or not, but at least they're coming out and saying if their employees need to travel for an abortion or whatever the fuck, they will pay for it. Whatever reproductive health shit that they need that their state has banned them from, that company will pay for it. It's a very long list of companies. Target was one of the first ones. It even includes the one of the companies I hate more than any company on the planet, and that's J.P. Morgan Chase. I hate Chase Bank. I hate them with a persisting and deep passion that will never go away. I hope their entire conglomerate goes bankrupt and they all drown in their abject cruelty and greed. With that said, they, they don't give Sonia Morgan money anyway. I hate Chase. They are... If anyone has ever had to deal with any sort of credit card trauma, it is widely known and it is said amongst even the worst of disgusting debt collectors on the phone that they don't like Chase, that they're literally like scared of them. Because I got into a, I'm surprised police didn't come to the door with the things that I said to this person over the phone. Now with that said, they are willing to pay for a woman to travel to get an abortion should she need it. Uh, etc. A la 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 la. Other great companies who are pledging to their employees to pay for their transportation for abortions or other health related reproductive needs since they won't be able to get it in their state are as follows. There's Amazon, Bank of America, Bumble, BuzzFeed, Cigna, Citigroup, CNN, Comcast, Condé Nast, CVS Health, Dick Sporting Goods, Estee Lauder, Goldman Sachs, Hewlett Packard, Ikea, Kroger, New York Times, Lyft, Match Group, MasterCard, Meta, Microsoft, Paramount, Patagonia, PayPal, Procter & Gamble, Salesforce, Starbucks, Target, Tesla, Uber, Vox Media, Walt Disney, Yelp, Yahoo, Zendesk, Zillow. And that's not even the full entire list. And they're, they're continuing yeah. to come in. So I'm sorry I'm totally negative. I know we need to fight and not despair and not lose hope, but this is my process and how I cope and deal. I have to say gross negative shit. I have to yell and cry. I have to tell any straight man right now, if he even looks at me wrong, to fuck himself. And any woman who wants to rejoice at her own undoing, I have to tell her she's a dumb, betraying bitch cunt who is the reason we're even fucking here. I need the room to grieve and plot and les out and try and wrap my head around how the fuck or what the fuck we're going to do as this planet and this world slips out from underneath our fingertips. I know there's a lot of plotting and planning and people fighting back right now. And if it wasn't for that, I'm sure all of us would collectively go to Masada and kill each other out of love and compassion. Thank you to the companies who are willing to pay for their employees to travel out of their state for abortion access. But the real tea will be when they start paying for non-employees and we start a coalition of people who truly start helping each other without corporations and companies and Instagram posts and attention-seeking thirst heroism. Let's figure out how to fight back and conquer and take these sexist pieces of shit so far down they have no way to return. Until then, check the internet every day for more companies willing to help their employees and of course the few organizations like Abortion Access Front who are trying to help any woman who needs a ride or access or help. So there's that. That's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Thank you guys for listening. We love you all so much, and we are so grateful for all 14 of you, especially now. We need you more than ever. Um, please consider joining our Patreon podcast if you haven't yet. It's $1 for one podcast a week and $2 for two podcasts a week. They're both an hour, and we try to get at least one of them out by Sunday, so you'll have all week to listen to them. There's no politics, no ads, no structure, no stress, and best of all, uh, there's no pressure to join the Patreon uh, like there is on this podcast. And if nothing else, you'll be distracted from your own life 
thinking how annoying and problematic we are. I mean, you heard the clip at the beginning of this. I'm annoying as fuck on the Patreons, like across the board, God. every single one. If you want to hear more than just that clip we played at the beginning, there's a link to a free episode of our Patreon podcast in the description of this episode. Or you can go to our website, julianbrandy.com, and there's a button on every page that says, click to listen to a free episode of our Patreon podcast. If you like it and you decide to join, you can import our Patreon podcast into whatever app you're listening to this podcast on, like Apple Podcasts or whatever. Or you can listen to them on patreon.com, where you can like and comment on the episodes and message us and other members of our Patreon family. And you gotta join if you want to take part in future Patreon Idol episodes. And if you don't want to hear Patreon Idol or help us pay off our terrible life choice <laughs> Paris trip, at least leave us a review on iTunes. You don't have to write anything. You can just hit five stars or one star or whatever. Just hit the fucking stars. Exactly. Hit the fucking stars. Okay. Let's. We got. Do it. Do it. Do it for women's rights. Let's do it. Do for it women. for women. Let's it's do women. it for women's rights. I, yes. Do it for women's rights. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly, it's been gay and it's been dumb. And nine to five. Still working nine to five. And I stumbled to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine to five Working nine to five Can